probably one of the most frequent and biggest questions that I get around the concept of subscription web design is with ownership of the client's website. When does the client own their website? Should the client own their website? Do they really want to own their website? So many questions surround this. And so in this episode of the podcast, I want to cover all of that. What does ownership have to do with it? As we move into new times, AI tools are popping up everywhere. There are new platforms that show up regularly that make it easier for you to centrally manage websites, but you have some questions around like, what happens if the client wants to leave? Do they get to own their website? Is it stuck on your platform? There are so many questions around this that I think it's important to talk through. Number one, let's look at this. Do clients need to own their websites? Okay, does a client actually need to own their website? The answer to this question varies. I think in some cases, the answer is a clear yes. Certainly, most big companies and organizations are going to need to own their own website. Um, there are organizations that are, uh, you know, perhaps perhaps what they do is politically charged or um, it, it, there are very heavy financial stakes and trying to keep that information and material online um, away from people who would want to see it get shut down or taken offline. Yeah, it matters a lot. And so there you have a case where you're definitely going to want to own your website. In fact, one of the big reasons why I am a huge WordPress fan is because WordPress allows for the flexibility and functionality that we need to make almost any project work and yet allows us to host it pretty much wherever we need to. We're not locked in to a particular platform like you know, the big builders out there like Wix and Squarespace where you are on their platform and you can't just so easily move from one to the next. With a WordPress website, if you want to host that somewhere else, you just move it. You move from GoDaddy to SiteGround to, you know, DigitalOcean droplets or whatever you want to do. So you have lots of flexibility and lots of options there for the clients who do need to actually own their own websites. Now, another question is, do clients actually want to own their websites. If a client wants to own their website, then that's a big concern for them, and you should have an answer for that. But there are some people who are looking at uh, new ways, the, these new tools that are cropping up and these, um, these new technologies that are out, and there's even this idea of renting websites, of actually creating a website um, and charging a lower monthly rate for it and just simply renting it out to clients who need it and then reconfiguring the text and the images on there whenever a new client comes along and, and sort of rents that template from them. I think this is an interesting model. It's not one that I have personally um, invested a lot of time into. Um, I've certainly never done it before. And I haven't researched it very much. So I just want to kind of give you my thoughts on this idea of websites that need to be owned versus websites that are okay to be rented. What might some of the pros and cons of that be, et cetera. So there are certain kinds of businesses that I think do not necessarily need to own their own website. And the client may not even be concerned with them wanting to own their website if they knew that there were other options. And let me just create a sort of um, a correlation into another, into another world, the world of leasing. Now, I don't want to confuse 
because in the subscription web design model, I actually do call my model a lease to own model. But there's a very specific reason I call it lease to own because the goal is that if my clients want to own their website one day, they certainly can. They can own their website after that 18 month time period that we talk about. So ownership is an assumption of my model, at least eventual ownership is an assumption of my model. Whereas I think that there are other models where it would make sense for the website, in a sense, never to be owned, to be sort of perpetually leased or rented in the same way that sometimes you can you know, perpetually lease a car. You can lease a car until you're done with it or the mileage runs up or whatever it is, trade it in go a new lease, and you just never own your car, you're always leasing it. I think there are some um, websites, some companies that could use a website that works like that, uh, that would make sense. I think about local business websites. I'm not so sure that a lot of local business websites, particularly service-based like car washes and um, maybe even electricians or um window washers, things like that. I think th there are certain businesses that probably have some niches attached to them that you can go into that would be able to benefit from something like a rented website or a leased website if they knew that that sort of thing was an option. I don't think that that company needs to be concerned with owning their website unless they want to. I think they could look at, say, $150 or $200 a month on their, on their business expenses as a line item for their website and whenever they uh, either move out of that business or go, you know, just, you know, decide to sell it or just whatever it is, they don't necessarily have to keep that charge ongoing and their website can be taken offline. Sites where you're working with a, somebody who's like an online coach or, you know, like they're selling courses or something like that. That's a whole different ball game. I really think those are people that are going to plan to have their websites for a really long time. They often have very specific and custom needs. There's not much you can do in terms of boilerplate with that. And it would be hard to actually take the website and spin it and turn it around. So I don't think that you need to do that. Uh, but why not think about your website, uh, to use another example, as something like an Airbnb. You know, we just stayed at an Airbnb. And this is not all that different from a hotel, but let's just go with the example here. We just stayed at an Airbnb on a recent family vacation. Okay, we have nothing to do ownership of that house. We only needed to rent it for a specific period of time. When we were in the house, we customized, if you will, the house to meet our needs. We brought in some of our own things. We rearranged things a little bit. Um, uh, we maybe moved a pillow from this room to that room temporarily, okay? Whatever we did, we needed to do things to make it comfortable for our family for the time it was being used. And then when we leave, the owner gets the house totally reset so that the next people to come in and lease that place, again, quote-unquote lease or, or rent that place for just a few days, uh, can reset the house and get it in the shape it needs to be. I, I really don't see a reason to think that there are some businesses that that would not work for an extended time frame, one to three years, maybe even longer than that, if it makes sense. So there are industries, and I, I want to encourage you to do your own research on this. There are industries and niches where I think this could make a lot of sense. So what could the business model like that look like? Well, I think I just sort of explained that. With Airbnb or with car leases, you're, you're probably doing a lower amount. You're probably 
uh, going to want to factor in maybe five hours on the front end or something as a setup timeline. And if you want to uh, actually charge a setup fee for that, I think that's totally appropriate. So if you said something like a, a $500 setup fee, and $150 a month. That five hours was all they got for you to update the pictures and the text on the site, the colors, to match their current business. Uh, this is all very possible if you're talking in the in the context of something like Divi, where it's got AI built in if you pay for that service. and You've got global colors built in as well that you can go in and very quickly change out the colors and the logo and, and the text on there and the pictures to match a particular business. You can do that. In about a five-hour period of time, charge a $500 setup fee, $150 a month. When they're done with the website, they're done with the website. And what do you do? You set everything back to normal, right? You, if you will, you quote-unquote retemplatize it. That might take an hour or so to just sort of hit the reset button on things. And then you've got the, a clean slate website, and you can actually market this website uh, as a asset, okay? So let's say that, um, your, your web domain was rent a pizza website.com. <laughs> I don't know. Rent a plumbing website.com. Okay. You maybe have a template gallery there with your, with your actual physical web properties that if you wanted to, you could, you could just have a link right there that the, the, the potential customer could go explore. And you're literally linking them out to web properties that they can uh, rent. That particular web property can be theirs. You just point the domain to it with the A record or the C name. Um, uh, and then it's it's theirs and it's being rented until such a time comes that um, they are no longer, you know, wanting to pay for it or, or no longer need it anymore. And then the website uh, just reverts to you. Are they going to want to do that? I don't know. Should you have a buyout option? I think you could. I think you could say, okay, for a particular amount of money, $2,500 or whatever it is, they can actually buy that website outright. Um, and then that's it. And then you have to build a new template in its place. I'm not sure on the numbers if that all makes sense, but think through that. I think that's the sort of direction that you need to think. This is a very blue sky brainstormy episode of some cool ideas that I think you could do with this. This goes into what we were just talking about a couple weeks ago on this idea of being existentially flexible. Maybe it's not going to be a big deal in 10 years for you to pay $15,000 to own your website when you could just rent one for 150 bucks a month. And so be on the cutting edge of that. Be thinking about, is that something that I can do in my business? Does that model make sense for me? So at the end of the day, do I recommend building sites that your clients don't own? I say anything is worth a try. If I had listened to people who told me that doing this or that wasn't a good idea over the course of my life, there are some pitfalls I would have avoided, but there are a lot more things I would have missed out on. And so I think it's a great idea to test things, to look and to explore, to consider new ideas, to consider new ideas and to be the first to get there. I'll never forget this. I, I call this in my life the one that got away. I had a business idea. This was right around the time when DoorDash and all of those services were just getting off the ground. There was nothing like that in uh, the town where I lived. And I thought, you know what? We're going to make this work. Uh, we're going to actually bring this food delivery type of service to our town, and it's going to be awesome. Well, I jerked my feet. I didn't do anything with it. And literally a month or two later, after I had you know just sort of moved on from it, I saw um, it popped up, Mayberry Takeout, the name of this company. And guess what? They're still going strong today with the exact idea that I had, but they beat me to the punch. So 
I learned from that. Never to be afraid to take shots. Never to be afraid to take chances. Never be afraid of losing or failure. If something doesn't work, cool. We're going to table that idea and we're going to move on to the next one. And that's the only way that I've ever found success in anything in life. And so I would never tell you not to look at this. I think it's worth a consideration. Um, But think about it carefully and uh, see if there's a niche that you can go into that would make a lot of sense and you could craft a sales pitch that you think can uh, actually win you some business on this and give it a shot. See how you like it. All right. You guys take care. Um, I'd love to brainstorm ideas like this with you on a more personal, more intimate level inside of our group coaching program. Just head over to subscriptionwebdesign.com. You get our getting started course, the group coaching program, access to all the member calls, student center community, lots of stuff there for you. So I would love for you to come check that out. God bless you guys. Take care. See you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Steve, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get is, okay, Steve, I'm excited. I love this idea of subscription web design, but I have no clue where to get started. If that's you, go to subscriptionwebdesign.com right now, enter your best email address, and I'm going to send you an exclusive training that I did on the five models of subscription web design that will show you the options that are available to you and give you some things to think about on how to get started. And for a limited time, I'm going to include my contract template for subscription web design. I've been asked multiple times to provide this template, and it's usually only available to my paying students. It's a $100 value, but it's yours free. Just go to subscriptionwebdesign.com and enter your best email address there, and I'll send those right to you, as well as send you daily email tips from the trenches of running my agency. See you over there at subscriptionwebdesign.com.